This is Dan Decker, host of Bad Choices in Bourbon. But I'll tell you what isn't a bad choice, catching up with Spock the Week. Thank you once again for joining us on Spock the Week and it's just me and Gregor this week. We seem to have scared off all our regular guests um, and this week for some strange reason I felt the need to give Gregor the choice of subject. Uh, I have not been told what this is. I have not any clue so my apologies in advance for whatever he may come up with. So, Gregor, um, what are we going to be talking about this week, please? Um, well, we'll come to that in a moment. Um, but you, you mentioned the audience member. Um, so anyone that's listening to this, there'll be lots of in-jokes um, that are just between JJ and myself uh, and Ian that's listening, the audience member that listens to us. If you're listening and you're laughing at some of these jokes, then you're obviously in the crowd. You know, Star Trek shows, they go for diversity. That's not what we're about. We're all about exclusivity. Well, let's put it this way. We were certainly diverse on um, the recording we did with Sean Ferrick, uh, if you remember that one. Uh, yes, that was, a, that was a start of a bad joke right there, uh, an Englishman, an Irishman and a Scotsman walk into a podcast uh, <laughs> yeah um, um but yeah um what what yeah. are you gonna i feel like well, this we, is we, gonna go off the rails straight away to be honest we are something we, 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 we have one audience member so we have exclusivity and i really don't think we need anything else to that, be honest with you i don't even know why we bother doing this we could just phone him yeah we could just yeah come on. <laughs> Have a chat over the phone. How are you doing, Ian? Um, but yeah, uh, um, I mean, we do have we do have somebody in Texas though. Every week, I check the analytics for what mm. they're worth because podcasting analytics are, are nowhere near as good as say YouTube's, for example. But I check it every week, and every week, every week, there is at least one download from Texas. Mm. Now. If you are, if you happen to be listening to this, you've forgotten to unsubscribe. Well, maybe, maybe they're, um, maybe they're planning on coming to Scotland at some point. Maybe they don't like Star Trek. They live in Texas and they don't like Star Trek, but they're coming to Scotland on holiday, and they're just trying to get used to the accent. Well, here's or, the thing. Maybe um, they're coming to Yorkshire. Maybe they've got to your part of the world. I maybe. Know. Maybe so, maybe so. I mean, as we as we record this episode as well, uh, Texas seems to have fallen into a parallel universe. Um, I have been absolutely loving the content on TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, with all the piss-taking that's been going on of people from Texas and the South because they've just gotten uh, what they, you know, what they say is a snow apocalypse. Yeah, I've seen the videos. Oh, like, yes. There's, there's, I've seen a couple of pictures. <laughs> there's like an inch yeah. and a half of snow on the ground. <laughs> oh, inch and a half of snow. They've never lived. Never lived. 
Um, oh, well, you know, for all our uh, lovely fans and listeners from Texas, we hope you have got through that okay. And uh, if you need us for anything, we'll try not to laugh too hard. Um, yeah. If you want, if you're if you're that listener from Texas, we'd love to know what you love about the show, what you like about the show. If you've got any ideas, if you want to come on, feel free to get in touch with us. That's yes, please do. Please do. The the contact details will be in the show notes as always. So uh, look us up and get in touch, and we'd like I say we'd be happy to hear from. So now we've pretty much offended both of our listeners. Well, one of our listeners, uh, possibly two. Um, maybe we have three. Can we count Sarah as a third? Um, she's been on it a few times, so yeah, I, I don't know. All right, fair enough. So before we lose any more listeners, um, what are we going to be talking about this week? Well, we have this up and coming. No, in fact, actually, see, before we get to this, I'm just going to go off again. Oh, what have you been? What have you been watching on TV this week? What have I been watching? Um, well, you know something? I've actually started, uh, again, I'm always late to the party when it comes to these things. I've started watching Snowpiercer. Hmm. Okay. It's um, it's, it's You know something? So far, I'm only a few episodes into it so far, um, and it is pretty decent. It's, it's certainly watchable. I am wanting to watch the episodes following on, so I've not hit that brick wall where I'm like, um... Am I just watching this because I feel the need? Or am I watching it because I want to know what happens? I'm still at that I want to know what happens stage. So, yeah, that's pretty much what I've been watching. It is, I mean, it's, an, it's, an, it's actually well done. I think the story is, you know, it's got good stars. It's got Sean Bean. It's got mm-hmm. Jennifer Connelly. It's actually got a decent story. Uh, it's quite intriguing. The, the, I've not seen season two, but mur- season one is this murder mystery, isn't it? Uh, it is, yeah. It's like uh, the Murder on the Orient <clears throat> Express with a twist of apocalypse about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, where, you know, where, where I'm, I'm not quite so sure if there was a, an Ice Age apocalypse coming, and you have the money, the means, and the engineering knowledge to build a railway line of tunnels and bridges that circumnavigates the globe. I'm not sure that was the best engineering solution, you know. No, but like I say, I mean, we're talking... Maybe maybe could have done something a bit more practical and less prone to failure uh, than that, but that's just me. That's just me. Um, But that aside, it's actually pretty decent. I think, Um, to be honest with you, I think, could that not be uh, an exact... Like an... uh, What's the word? Um, An example of how frivolity and money can basically you can do you know you you can do these weird and wonderful and often well, ostentatious things you know what i mean it's well it's like originally it was a south korean movie and as you know south korean movies are in vogue at the moment with um yeah um what's, there was one I is that, is that the, as you say quite rightly the train line is a metaphor for that ostentatious vanity project of certain billionaires, shall we say, in society. It's it's funny you should um, you should mention uh, Korean uh, movies being involved because I actually watched one recently. I can't remember the name of it, but it's basically about these uh, this junker ship um, that finds this girl and. You know, basically reunites 
this girl with um, his uh, her family. But the again, there's a billionaire philanthropist, you know, crazy guy that's created this um, situation where only a selection of people can go to their colony on Mars. But this girl has the the key, the secret to basically re um, reinvigorating the Earth, re um, terraforming the Earth back to its former glory and stuff like that. There's something about her, something without going into too much detail, that does that. And it's a it's a really good story. And I tell you what, to be fair, I think I think the these Korean and Chinese movie uh, productions. Some of them um, badly dubbed, but then again, we were doing that to them for years. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, some of them have been actually recorded, uh, looped in English, so not dubbed, but looped in English. And it's, you know, some, I think there's some of them, the stories are good, the stories are original. Um, they're actually coming up with new stories and concepts which i think is brilliant mm. um and it's it's kind of the science fiction element element of it they're going into new things they're trying new stories new um i don't know if you've heard of or seen the one where they launch earth farther away from the sun in order to keep it from boiling away and it goes out of control and no, uh, no, but, uh, but anyway, this, this I mean, that's uh, it's far out there, but it's not a rehash. They're not, um, they're not copies of movies gone by. They're not copies of stories gone by. The brand new, out of the box stories, concepts, and you know, science fiction. So, and I think that's probably why they're doing so well, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah. Because it's original. It's, it's original. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about Abby Watcher. If you've been following my Facebook posts, um, it will come as no surprise to you that I have fell in love with For All Mankind, um, which has maybe passed a lot of people by because it's on Apple TV. Um, which isn't the most popular of the streams, I don't believe, unless you've got an Apple device. I don't think too many people without Apple devices subscribe to it. So I did go, because it was recommended to me, so I went searching for it and I downloaded the Apple TV um, app onto my uh, Roku stick. Uh, I'm not going to say too much about it because I'm going to put you out your misery about what we're going to be talking about tonight. <laughs> oh, uh, we're, not, we're not doing um, too, too badly there. Uh, I've just finished season one last night at two o'clock in the morning. Believe it or not, on a Tuesday night, I stayed up till two o'clock watching it because the last episode just blew well, the whole series blew me away. But um, yeah, I forgot I, to put my phone on silent and I got a message at two a.m. <laughs> from Gregor. Um, not my usual message at two a.m. was it? Which um, was which was why it was disappointing to be fair. <laughs> um, and it's. It's really good, and I could have picked a better time to binge season one because season two starts on Friday, so I'm I'm doubly excited because it still falls in within the seven days of my free seven day trial, 
<laughs> of Apple TV. <laughs> uh, but you know, as as a as a, as a side note, um, if you're a Trekkie Trek fan, uh, it's a must watch. Ronald D. Moore is the showrunner, and he does an amazing uh, job of it. It, it, it is absolutely brilliant television. Um, not only that, but also one of the producers is a guy called Marine Shankar, who's also the showrunner on The Expanse as well. So we've got real pedigree there. And funnily enough, I didn't know this until I read a bit more about Marine Shankar. He was actually a writer. He was part of Michael Pillar's writing team back in the day when uh, Ronald D. Moore was a, a young boy on TNG and etc. Oh, right, okay. So for no other reason, it's worth checking out for that. I'm not going to say any more about it, but I absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. But uh, I can tell you, you're getting quite agitated now because I haven't told you what we're talking about. And To be perfectly honest with you, I'm, I'm just making notes. I've decided to actually take this seriously and make notes. What, you've got a pen and paper? No, I've got, I've got a crayon. Crayon, yeah. Well, we can't really allow sharp objects within six feet of you, can we? Um, so, <laughs> That's why we're doing this via Zoom, because I can't go anywhere near your tongue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what, what I want to talk about tonight, there's a couple of things that this will probably go off on tangents as usual. But we've got those the, oh, tangents. Oh, yeah, yeah. What we are talking about again? Can't I don't know. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm going to get a beer in a minute. What are you on, by the way? I see you drinking beer. What are you drinking? Ah, so I got a Japanese beer. Is that the Kirin? Is it? Kirin. Yeah, Kirin's good. Arigato gozaimashita. Yeah, I've no idea. You sounded like the bad guys in one of the, the, the Star Wars prequels that had the really bad Japanese accents. Do you remember those guys? Yes, yes, I do. Oh, we must have a patas. We have, no, we have no idea. George Lucas was so racist. He's all, George Lucas is racist. Um, um, I am, to be fair, I am actually uh, better at the the accent than I norm, than I just performed there. So apologise to any uh, Japanese speaking listeners who may have. You're, uh, you're, you're also better than the guys that had acted in that stupid Star Wars prequel as well. So you know, kudos <laughs> to you. Um, but we've got oh, if you're a Star Trek fan. The trade, the trade warriors. The trade war, the trade warriors. <laughs> well, this went off the rails quickly. Yeah. Return of a Jedi. Return of a Jedi. Jedi. Yeah. Uh, let, let, let's not. Let's not before we get into any more trouble. Uh, I, I thought was it, it was George. It was George Lucas. Disclaimer: It was George Lucas we were having a go at. The two listeners that we have, okay. Um, and if you happen to be George Lucas, uh, Lucasfilm fans, Star Wars fans, it's all good because we like Star Wars as well to an extent. Some of you know, there are certain things we just like Star Trek, there are certain things that we don't really particularly enjoy. Um, <coughs> last Jedi, um, so sorry, I had a bit of a cough there. I, 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 if you happen to be George Lucas, I've got to be honest with you, George, and say I would actually let Disney dry ash rape me for the money that they gave you as well. So, oh, I was. Hey, I'll tell you what, you, um, <clears throat> I think 
as disclaimers go, this podcast is fully supportive of the House of Mouse. Please don't. <laughs> Honestly, um, I mean, I don't know if you, I mean, this is probably old news by now, but uh, the actress in uh, The Mandalorian has been, got uh, got the bullet. Yeah. Quite right, quite rightly so as well. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just proof that the House of Mouse do not take prisoners. I, I would get, I would get the bullet, for, if I tweeted what she was tweeting, I'd get the bullet from my work. I would get in trouble at my work if I was tweeting mm. what she tweeted. Exactly, and it's the same, it's the same with me as well, because um, at the end of the day, somebody could recognise me for what I do. They could go to my company and say, oh, that lad has tweeted this. Do you know that this guy worked? And that did actually happen. Uh, there was a gentleman <laughs> who worked for Lothian Buses who was, um, shall we say, uh, very right wing. I mean, so far right, he couldn't even use his left indicator. That's how far right he was. And he was <laughs> posting stuff on Twitter and Facebook. And somebody uh, basically said to the company, do you know this guy's working for you? Are you happy that this guy's working for you? And subsequently, as soon as they found out, he, he got the bullet, and quite rightly so as well. Yeah. Um, but 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 yeah, I mean, like I say, we 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 fully respect the House of Mouse. So you know, anything is just constructive criticism. Yeah. And I I, I I can hear some fear in your voice there about the House of Mouse. But let's be fair. Let's be honest. That there, there are podcasts out there that have said far worse about the Star Wars movies than we just yeah, That is true, that is true, that is true. With, with more than two viewers. Funnily if enough. You're listening, funnily if you're enough, listening in Texas and Aberdeen, more, you know. Funnily enough, uh, on the subject of Aberdeen and our good friend and avid fan, Ian Struthers, he uh, posted recently that he was drinking some beer uh, by the name of Stormtrooper Ale. I saw that. I saw that on his face. And I was like, oh, okay, that looks actually pretty decent. Um, now, me being me, oh, that was an open goal. I could not leave that one lying on the sideboard. I went straight in and said, see, when you finished drinking that Stormtrooper ale, when you went to the toilet, did you miss? Hmm. <laughs> he's wiping the back of him with the mop. Look at the floor. Yeah. Oh, right, okay. Uh, Stormtrooper jokes and Star Wars and House of Mouse aside, what are we actually supposed to be talking about today? <laughs> so, uh, someone told me that once upon a time this was a Star Trek podcast. Okay. Now, oh, yeah, I remember uh, that. I'm about to tell you what it is, but I'm going to the fridge first, just to keep you in suspense for another five seconds. Oh God, he's on so, brew dog. That's my refreshment topped up. It's the last one. It's the last one. It's a Wednesday night. I shall not be having any more than this one. So, you yourself, JJ, are a huge Voyager fan, are you not? Uh, yes. Um, I would. I would say yes if I was to pick a. So, you must be awful, awfully excited. I'm just wondering, could the, the, the mic, my new microphone, because I have a new microphone, but could it pick up the beer being poured there? Oh, yes. Yes, okay. Um, and for the so record, Brewdog, if you are listening, he has just poured one of your fine ales. 
Yes, and, yes. Um, and our listener, uh, or one of our listeners, 50%, 50, listen, Brewdog, 50% of the audience of Spock the Week, we know for a fact, drink Brewdog. How's that for an advertising demographic for you? I think Brewdog. they do it. I think, I think they do export to the US as well, I think. Oh, yeah, they've got places in Tokyo and stuff like that because they have their pub chain and all that because they do all that um, equity stuff to finance mm. their expansion. Um, but yeah, tell you for what. a couple of young lads that are in their early 30s, they're doing well. Not bad. I mean, I, I mean, I'd be very surprised if they sell that stuff in America because, uh, wow, uh, when you talk about a place where somebody comes to a party with a six pack of beer, um, don't insult our Texas listener. Hey, I'm only going off of what we get in the movies. I'm only getting what we got off in the movies. You know, if, I mean, if we turned up to a house party in this country with a six pack of beer, we'd be turned away <laughs> and never invited back again. <laughs> Yeah. Um, price at the price of entry to Gregor's, for example, is a twenty-four pack of uh, House Thirteen. Uh, anything less than twenty-four, and I get to. Oh, it keeps the beer, but I get thrown out. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Let's. So. Game so face. okay. So we, so you you are a huge Voyager fan. Mm-hmm. Now we, we have a pretty pretty soon I hope. I don't, I don't know, I'm not sure of the release date, but I think it's soon, uh, a documentary about Voyager. Yeah, I mean, from what I understand it, they're still at the crowdfunding stage for this. Um, they're still building up the funds to actually go ahead and uh, film and produce it, from what I understand from listening to um, Garrett Wang and uh, Robbie Duncan McNeil on their podcast. Um, I am a little just a few episodes behind on that one, so I'm not sure if it's any progress has been made at this point. But yeah. but yeah, I think that's going to be something really uh, something to look forward to because there's obviously the well-known issues they had uh, behind the scenes on Voyager, um, particularly the spat between uh, Kate Mulgrew and um, Jerry Ryan. Excuse me, sorry, frog in my throat. Uh, yeah, Jerry Ryan, and there was obviously there was also the, the you know there's all sorts of interesting things that some fans already kind of know about, but it'd be interesting to to see, and more so what they, you know, what they remember right now because there are one of the things I've noticed meeting and talking to Star Trek actors or, um, over the last couple of years is that some, when they go to conventions, for example, they just go and they're there because they're contractually obliged to be there. And then there are some that are there because they really thoroughly enjoy being a part of something greater than the sum of who they are. Um, Robbie Duncan McNeil and Garrett Wang are two examples straight off the bat because they, you know, obviously they're doing this podcast um the delta flyers that they they do um robert picardo he's also he's always a um a fan favorite at uh, conventions and stuff like that um my experience with kate mill grew wasn't exactly what i was expecting it to be but uh so i put that down to the fact that she flew into birmingham on the saturday night and flew out on the sunday night so she must have been jet lagged as hell 
and I think she was f still filming Orange is the New Black as well at the time. So, or something. Or she was she was doing something, and she was she was supposed to come, and then something happened, and then she managed to get in in for the last the the last minute to um to get things done and come in. But it's like she literally flew out and then flew in and flew out within a short period of time. So, but yeah. I'm looking forward to this documentary. I I really am because it'd be interesting to to like I say to learn a little bit more, and I hope that it's it is in the same vein as um, the DS9 documentary, which I have yet to watch because I'm saving that until I've completed the Deep Space Nine watch through. Uh, but I believe that that's very much uh, a warts and all but a very sentimental warts and all documentary I mean, you've watched it you've seen it so you can say yes or no or i'm in it oh okay mm, la -di -da. and care, so is sarah care to elaborate i'm in it I, i'm in it sarah's in it and so is joe keegan who's been on the show okay right so how did this come about please elaborate it was it was in vegas when they were doing the, uh, what was it they called it? It was the, they set up a camera and they were recording people talking um, into the camera about Deep Space Nine. Um, and some of them featured in videos within the documentary, uh, but I didn't feature in a video and neither did Joe and neither did Sarah, but we did get stills up. In the oh right, so your picture was in it, but you didn't have a speaking role. Yeah, but well, uh, a few people that I know are in it, because um, Mindy Madsen's in it. He's a great cosplayer from St. Louis, not St. Yeah, St. Louis, Utah. She's from, and uh, she did her, her and uh, Brooke Wilkins. Uh, they're in it together, and they, done, they actually were in Vegas and they done their Deep Space Nine cosplay. One was the station, one was dressed as the station, and one was dressed as the wormhole. So they came as a duo. <laughs> okay, that's it. Uh, and I, 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 I was there, and there's a few other cosplayers that I photographed um, at conventions and stuff that I know, know quite well. Yeah, not close friends, but I know, I know, I know them um, that are in it as well. But uh, yeah, so we've got that to look forward to, and it got me thinking. Well, that's dangerous. I'm sorry. You thinking that's dangerous? I heard you. I said I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I know. So I just wanted to say that twice. <laughs> it got me thinking about some of my favourite documentaries, and there's a couple of them I, I, I want to like. I mean, I don't know how many documentaries you've seen. Is there any that you've? I have seen. Obviously, but. On my recommendation, I've said don't watch. Yeah, what you I mean, leave. don't watch what you leave behind because we're doing the Deep Space Nine watch through. Mm -hmm. and you'll get far more out of it when you've seen the whole of yeah. Deep Space Nine. Um, I have seen For the Love of Spock, mm -hmm. um, which I found. I mean, that's the only like Star Trek related, um, related one that I I watched that I can remember watching, and I've. Pretty sure I'm thinking I've watched one about Star Trek in general. I think there was one um, about that, but uh, the for the love of Spock one I found rather interesting because Leonard Nimoy was 
somebody that even though I never watched TOS, you know, his character and who he was and um, him as an actor as well was, he was, you know, quite prolific, uh, very well known and it's a household name. So to watch that documentary about, um, about him and about, um, you know, it was, I said, I, I, I enjoyed that. I thought it was, thought it was interesting because for me as a Star Trek fan, there's two elements to being a Star Trek fan. There's watching the, the show and getting immersed in the story, in the environment, in the characters, in the ships and stuff like that. And that escapism from the reality of what's going off around us and just escaping into that episode um, or to that series or story arc. But on the other, on the back of that as well, we thoroughly enjoy going and meeting the actors. Um, I mean, it was pretty much Star Trek that started the whole, the whole thing of going to conventions and meeting the, I mean, you had comic book conventions, hence Comic Cons, but the whole TV star, you know, TV you know, actors thing, that's, that's something that we also enjoy. So it means that we, we like what we see and we can escape into that, but we also know that it's, it isn't a TV show. And we're also interested in the behind the scenes stuff, the actors, you know, who they are. The some people like the drama that goes on behind the scenes. Some people don't, some people like to know how they do certain shots and props and, and whatnot. So yeah, I think documentaries, I think, I think there's something that have been quite lacking. Uh, I mean, in like the, the number of them uh, for what, for what we want. I mean, we've got all this new Trek, Discovery, Picard, Strange New Worlds, but there's still a hunger for the original stuff. And I think a new Voyager documentary would feed that hunger because we want to know more about what we love what we you know what went before us so you know I actually want to go and rewatch that for the love of Spock again now I've not watched it for a little while now but I'm, I'm tempted to go back and watch it again now you've brought it up yeah I, I'm, I like for the love of Spock I think it's an interesting documentary and of itself, whether you know anything about Star Trek or not, I think, and it's interesting if you don't know anything about Star Trek, and it's very interesting if you do know stuff about Star Trek. The more you know about Star Trek, the more you get out of it. But if, I, I honestly believe if you showed it to someone who knew nothing about Star Trek, it's an interesting enough topic that they would really enjoy it. And I, I think that's down to what Adam. Nimoy, uh, who basically wrote and directed it, and obviously was Leonard Nimoy's son, mm-hmm. and uh, the producer David Zappone, who also made What We Left Behind, and he's made another documentary, but I'm go- which I'm going to come on to talk to in a moment, um, was what Adam was trying to do, because he was trying to partly go through this cathartic process of revisiting what his relationship with his father was, I don't think it was a bad relationship. I certainly don't think it was a perfect 
relationship by, by any manner of means. And, and in doing that process, and I think Adam, I'm paraphrasing him here, but I, I think Adam, and as many words as says that, you know, sport became such a big part of his father's life, that by was trying to make this film about his dad, it became impossible to separate Spock from his dad. Uh, in one aspect, that's not to say that when I was walking about saying live long and prosper, but the, the, the connection between Spock and Leonard Nimoy became intrinsically interlinked. And what is clear, I mean, some of this stuff I did know about Leonard Nimoy at the time. I knew about the photography. I knew about how good a photographer he was. If you're a Star Trek fan, you already know he can write and direct. Not just Star Trek, because he directed Three Men and a Baby as well. In fact, I think in sort of 1986, he was responsible as a film director for two of the top 10 grossing films of that year. Um, which are, I think, a year that contained uh, Gremlins and a couple of other big blockbusters is, is, is really some good. And uh, yeah, I, in, in and of itself, I think the best thing I can, the best compliment I can say is that even if you don't like Star Trek, or even if you haven't heard of Star Trek, you probably watch that documentary and thoroughly enjoy it. You'll get engrossed in the story between Adam and his father. You'll get engrossed in Leonard Nimoy's creativity in Star Trek and out of Star Trek. It's a, it's a fascinating documentary. I mean, one of the things uh, I found interesting, which um, I kind of already knew before I watched the, the documentary, was, as you mentioned, Leonard Nimoy was a brilliant photographer. Um, but one of the things I particularly liked about his the way he, the, what he did as, as a photographer, as an artist in that sense, was he was very pro-body uh, pro positivity. Um, he, um, he had photographed um, people of different sizes, body shapes and stuff like that. Uh, and he did a lot of nude photography as well, I believe. Um, I've seen. Yeah, uh, it's mostly most black and white. Black but and white, but very, very noir. Uh, and it, I, I say it was brilliant. Um, and I found that rather interesting about him. Um, but the, there is another documentary that I watched, and it was um, it was Eugene Roddenberry that uh, presented it. Oh, that was. Oh yeah, I can't remember the name of it. Um, I can't mind the name of it Another either. one. But you know the one I'm on about, and that was an interesting yeah. one as well, because um, Eugene, growing up, he just, he, he didn't want, you know, not that he didn't want it, but he just had no interest in what um, his his father did or what all this was. And when he was doing the documentary, he actually learned a lot about, you know, he discovered a lot of things in it. And that was the wonderful thing about that particular documentary was that he he was on a journey with us. We were watching this and, you know, discovering things and getting insights. And so was he. We were sort of finding things out at the same time he was finding things out. And it, it's, it's kind of funny because he, I believe he is on, is he is he down as an, one of the producers of, the new stuff. Yes, yes. It's an executive executive producer. So, I mean, that, wow. <laughs> it's like all those years ago, Star Trek, yeah. And now he's, you know, he's credited as an executive producer. So, and he has a, a, a lot of, a lot of input into these new things as well, which is good. And I think is amazing. So, 
yeah, the, the documentary side of it, I think, is something we could maybe do a little bit more on, a little bit more of. Uh, I mean, I would love to talk about the the set building, the background, the studio side of things as well. That would be interesting. Don't know what you think about that. Well, there's, there's a fair amount on the DVDs in the extra section that usually they're talking to um, Zimmerman and Mike and Denise about all that, that world and set building that they've done. Because obviously Mike and Denise done the, the, a lot of the graphics uh, and Zimmerman done a lot of the production sets and, and gave, gave, gave the world its look. But so there is actually quite a lot of stuff on the, the DVD extras, um, if you have a wee look at them. But uh, what's a DVD? A Blu-ray, whatever, you know. Do you know what I did this week? You started it because you said, what's a DVD? You started this. You'll remember eight track you. I, I uh, was looking through our collection. Did I you found find, our blue, did I you find Debbie Blu-ray. Does Dallas? I've got that in VHS, actually. I really have got that in VHS. Um, They, uh, moving swiftly on. Uh, I found our Blu-ray copies of 2009 Into Darkness and Beyond. I actually have those on Blu-ray as well, so... I don't anymore. Right, okay. I know you're not a fan, but... Uh... I, they got Marie kondo Yes, uh, and uh, I, I held them in. Surprisingly, I held them I, in my. I held them in my hand, and they did not bring me joy, and certainly not as much joy as the thing I had in my left hand. I don't even want to know what was in your left hand. <laughs> oh, and uh, just. Just in case you are curious, uh, I actually do know who Marie Kondo is. Most people with a Netflix account know who Marie Kondo is. Yes, so. but it's like it's probably one of those things that most people have just gone, no, no, no. Most blokes have probably go tidying up with Marie. Nope. No, no, I'm the opposite. I've, I've got to sit Sarah down and walk. Because there's another one called The Minimalists. And I have to sit there and say, you are watching this. Oh, it's Sarah the Hoarder out of the two of you, yeah, is she? Yeah, I'm like, bucket, 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 get rid of it. Um, so, yeah, coming back to documentaries, because I think that's what we're talking about, a wee while ago. Um, yeah. So, but just very quickly before we leave uh, for the love of Spock, it's certainly on Netflix in the UK. Uh, I don't know about the US, but certainly on Netflix in the UK. So It'll probably be, up, probably be CBS All Access if in this in the States, mm. probably. No, no, it's old trick. It's not going to be CBS All Access. Um, but another one, and this one's also on Netflix in the UK, and possibly in America as well. Uh, it's a different paced documentary, shall we say. It's got all the quick cuts and talking heads that talk for four seconds and then someone else talks, which is not a style of documentary that I like, but the content's there, so I like it. It's one on, called Kate. 
Sorry. That's unusual for that kind of documentary because um, are you clicking a pen? Yeah. And you can hear that. Oh, wow, I love this microphone. <laughs> Great. That's going to be annoying in the edit. Um, no, the, going back to that doc, it's a style of documentary. Yes, it picks up everything. So don't fart, whatever you do. Um, so that style of documentary, I've seen them a few times. The, the, the fast-paced, like I say, people four seconds, four seconds, four seconds. And you usually find that if you're if you're acute enough, you find that the the same thing gets repeated multiple, multiple times, mm. or the same subjects gets talked about multiple times, but in different, you know, phrased differently. Uh, if you've ever watched Abandoned Engineering, um, that's a, a, I don't know if that's aired in the US on any TV channel, but uh, we have it on, I think it's Yesterday, I think is the channel that we have it on here. Uh, but anyway, that does it really badly. It's like, this is a this is a wall that's been abandoned, and there's like seven different people go, oh, wow, oh, it's a wall, oh, what does it do, oh, different, you know. It's, it, that's this. So for you to say that that style of documentary has the content must mean it's half decent. Yeah, well, it's called Chaos on the Bridge, and it's the story essentially of the first three seasons of TNG, and it, it's it's a pretty decent documentary. I have seen that that one. Is that the one where they have the the, the writers and the showrunners and start talking about how so and so wanted it done this way, and then but it was done this way, and yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, because going, going back to sort of 85, 86 when they were talking about it and they were trying to launch it, a lot of the people that were, um, wouldn't have been you know that much older than when they were working on TNG, people like Bob Justman, uh, okay, 18, 19 years older, but you know, still they were still working, they weren't retired or anything. Uh, Bob Justman, DC Fontana on the writing staff, Gene himself, Majel. Uh, so, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of them um, that, that, that were involved at that time. It, it, I mean, this is getting on a slightly different conversation in terms of, you know, what happened between season one and season three, um, which is covered in the documentary. Um, and let, let's, let's, let's be honest here. Uh, Gene all he created it, he didn't do a great job uh, at the beginning of TNG um, with his control issues and a little bit of bitterness as well having seen that his franchise being taken away from him um, in Star Trek 2 when he got kicked off, after Star Trek 1 he got kicked off and he's seen the TV shows his chance to, to redeem himself and, and yes, what I will say it is far closer to Gene's original image of what Star Trek should be, and that is the imprint that he left on, on Star Trek, than what the original series was. Because when they did bring him back, and he was the ultimate holder of the intellectual property, they had to do it his way. Mm-hmm. And then that and that, that, that saw the creation, I, I'm now talking about what goes on, but what I'm talking about the documentary, that, that saw the creation of what, what became uh, the Roddenberry box. And then you had Morris Hurley, come in in season two from Miami Vice and Rodberry was still involved and Morris was quite keen along with Rick Blairman was becoming more heavily involved than Bob Justman by now in season two but they had to 
the difficulty of season two was the writer strike. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were now creating this this Roddenberry the Roddenberry boxes, what we would now know it, um, keeping it close to the vision while trying to sort of shuffle Gene to the side and let other creatives come in, which eventually happened with season three, and uh, Michael Pillar came on. And what should be said that the people that came on board at that stage, Rick Berman getting full control, Michael Pillar taking over the writing room, but still respecting the the original vision mm-hmm. and ethos of what the, the, the series would be. And, and basically, Chaos on the Bridge is that story of how they got from 1985 to not wanting to cast a bald Shakespearean English actor as a Frenchman to... I've actually mm. seen the test photographs yeah. of Patrick Stewart with the wig and <laughs> I'm so glad they did not go with that. Um, but on, on the note of a Englishman playing a Frenchman, to be fair, the best Frenchmen are played by people from Yorkshire. And if you want to, and if you want to know why I say that, watch Allo Allo. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Look, we 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 got pretty close to a libel case earlier, not twenty minutes ago, and now you're. What is you're wrong? You're going to have Emmanuel Macron coming after us now. <laughs> nah, nah. How many gears does a French tank have? Oh, right, right, stop it. I'm stopping recording. Right, moving on. I've got to get you back the next episode, by the way. These are all knotted. <laughs> I'm the producer of this episode. See, the next time when it's your turn to be the producer, boy, are you in trouble. <laughs> so, um, I... I, I I'd like to, we've spoken about a couple of the documentaries. Obviously, there's the crowdfunding stuff that goes on with What We Left Behind and the, the, the Voyager one. And we've spoken about Chaos on the Bridge. We've spoken about For the Love of Sport. I very quickly want to mention one more, but I want to talk about something else that's documentary related. Okay. So I don't want to get bogged down the last, but the other one, I think it's on, the, the other one that's on Netflix, I believe, still. Uh, certainly in the UK, possibly in America, is the captains, and it's William Shatner basically going around and talking to. Oh yeah, I have seen he, that. He, yeah. He, yeah, he talks to Scott Bakula, and he talks to Chris Payne, and he talks to Patrick Stewart, and he talks to Kate Mulgrew, and he he talks to Avery Brooks, which is a very yeah conversation. Um, <laughs> I remember watching that with uh, with my partner Ruth and. She made some comments regarding Avery Brooks uh, that were like, "Wow, he's not all there, is he? He's he's, he's like, wow." <laughs> um, I mean, I, I was to be fair, right? The only time I'd ever seen Avery Brooks was in character on the TV watching Deep Space Nine, uh, watching the Captain's that documentary there that. Uh, that was the first time I'd actually seen him, heard him outside of that role. And it was, it, it, it sort of 
took me back a little bit, to be honest with you. Because, um, I say, I mean, I don't know the full story with Avery, so if you if you know, fill me in by all means. But it just it seemed like is that the same the same man you know that gave that speech, the epic speech in Deep Space Nine, you know the um, the monologue, you know the one I'm on about the and the Minley. That's the one, yeah. Um. It's like, is that the same guy? It's like that, that's that's a different wow. I was not expecting that. But yeah, I, I, the captain does a good one as well. It's worth watching. Um, and if you've got the uh, the Blu-ray uh, remasters of the the films, the original series and TNGs, there's also a DVD in there that's um, the Captain's Table or something something along those lines, hosted by Whoopi Goldberg. Um, where they interview uh, in a panel sort of environment uh, the various captains. Um, Patrick Stewart's there, I think. I don't think sh- uh, I don't know if William Shatner's in that one. I'm not 100% sure, but uh, off the top of my head, but that one's a reasonably good one as well. Um, and just on a side note, I watched uh, somebody posted on Twitter or YouTube or something stupid like that. Um, some footage from when the TNG cast were helping out with the American version of um, like what we do with uh, children in need, children in need you know uh, what's it comedy comic relief comic or some relief. comic relief yeah I never, um, get, I never get any comic relief when I'm on one of these things with you <laughs> And I just watched that, and it was just uh, Commander Data saying, "Here is something. Uh, this person, Whoopi Goldberg." <laughs> and I can't do that line justice because you know Data saying Whoopi Goldberg. It just—you oh, can picture it in your head. It's—it's a—it's a funny thing to hear. But anyway, that was just a side note. Having mentioned Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. Okay. So we've spoken about a few of the. Official documentaries mm-hmm. uh, that are out there, and the content, the, the information content, if, for want of a better word, that's out there uh, regarding Trek and the creation of Trek and the history of Trek. If there's any others that I've not mentioned, uh, please put them in the comments. Of, uh, you know, for myself, I'd love to yeah. see them. Uh, them at Spock Week, yeah. email, whichever. Yeah. Just uh, get in touch, and like I say, we'll. But um, what I'd like to talk about now is actually a YouTube channel called Trexpertise. All right, okay. Which is run by a guy called Kyle. And um, so it's obviously it's just him. Oh, I think he's I think he has a small production team. He's got a little sideline now called Classic Flicks, which, which I'll mention in a minute. But I specifically want to talk about Trexpertise. Uh, the guy I think I'm, I'm, I'm working on a, a, a supposition here based on the content that he creates. I think he's been a film student and he seems to be a bit of a filmmaker uh, as well because he's trying to get a film that he's made with uh, some of his colleagues into film festivals. It's a short film he's trying to get into film festivals at the moment. But Trexpertise is a good one. He he does really good um, videos on uh, YouTube about the... He'll do character analysis. He does a brilliant one on Gil Ducat. He does some really good stuff on the history of different species, whether it be the Klingons or Romulans. 
he'll do deep dives into series, he'll do deep dives into films, and his sideline classic flicks, they do a really, him and his colleagues do some really good uh, discussions on the movies, all the movies, um, they do some really good interesting uh, discussions on there. I, 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 you don't have to wait for the, these official stuff, but there is actually quite a lot of really good, high quality, informative and engagement, engaging, sorry, not engagement, engaging content uh, out there, um, if you know where to find it. Well, that's, that's, that's half the battle, especially with, um, with YouTube, is finding the, the genuine, sympathetic um, people that do the, you know, that do the research uh, are not out to slag something off. They're just they're out to genuinely shine the light on, like you say, characters, races, you know, whatever. It's difficult to find that stuff because whenever you search for Star Trek or a Star Trek character or Star Trek, you know, nine times out of ten, the first fifty or so research results, uh, you know, are mixed mixed in with some of the rant what i call rant tube you know they're, they're the you know you know the ones we'll not mention any on here because i don't want to give any you know some of them any any time of day but there are some that are just purely out there just to sling mud and you know you know you know what i'm on about don't you yeah, well, yeah. it's about monetization so you know it's I, mean, about... I will say i will say there's people on the other side of that argument talk absolute rubbish as well oh don't yeah, don't get me wrong. I mean, the the thing is, there's, the, the, there's more on the negative side, but there, there, oh, are, right. there are. But the key, the key to that particular point is um, lack of research and lack of knowledge. Because um, even somebody with the best of intentions, with the best of you know love for a TV program or a franchise, trying to promote or trying to do something positive can actually be, you know. It, as bad as somebody doing it to destroy if they don't have the knowledge and they don't have the research. Um, that's why I tend to steer away from Deep Space Nine as much as possible because I don't know a lot about it, whereas you do. So when we do have discussions on that, like I say it's pointed in your direction. Um, even though I'm a Voyager fan, I'm not a one of these fans that knows every episode, every inch of the ship inside out. Come on, give us, come on, give, I know, us, I, give, I, give us your best defence of Threshold. There is no defence for Threshold. It, it, it is, it's one of those episodes that was just, it, it was daft. It was, it, it, I think, to be honest with you, I think somewhere, somewhere there must be a contractual obligation for any Star Trek franchise to have at least one episode that is just off the chain what the actual um i mean but i say indefensible but it's indefensible in a good way because it is it, i mean it, it's, it's it's that bad it's good i mean you've got others tng sub rosa you know um what's wrong with putting your grand's <laughs> dead boyfriend's ghost come on What's wrong with that? What's Give wrong with a... that? The fact that you were actually asking what's wrong with that is what's wrong with that. <laughs> um, but on, yeah, I, I like to say, I don't think there is, and I, I say indefensible, but indefensible in a in a way that 
to try and defend it for what it isn't, I think spoils the magic of what it is. Um, it, it is one of those, like I say, with this, those, I like to call them lemon episodes, the one episode that just serves no purpose. Um, I, mean, I, have the, the, I call them shipping a bottle episodes. Mm-hmm. And there's. But even so, well, there are. Bottle, I guess is different from lemon. But there are a lot of. There are a lot more of the. Uh, other episodes. What was that? Because I never saw Sarah walk into that room. I heard a cut smash. All right. Um, anyway. That's, that's the first. <laughs> That's the first smash cup in the new living room, folks. If you're not aware, I moved house two weeks ago. And that's the first smash. Sarah, my partner Sarah, before she comes back in the room, she has another name. Oh, I see a door moving. Oh, you're in trouble. Stay tuned, folks. This is about to get interesting. My partner Sarah has another name. When, when she's not Sarah, project manager, she is Sarah, the destroyer of stuff. Your china teacups and fine wine glasses will cower before me. Right, uh uh-huh. Just bear with me while I uh, message her. Um, I've called them up to her face. She said she's asking if I'm nearly finished. She must be wanting me. Uh, something tells me that she will not be wanting you. <laughs> well, there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard live on air Gregor getting his leash tugged. Are you nearly finished? That's 45 minutes. Repeat after after me. All you can do is run to the end of your leash and bark. (laughs) Well, ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately, Gregor has been called in. The lights have come on in the street, and it's time to go home and get his bottom smacked. Ooh, ooh, yeah. (laughs) So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you uh, for listening in this week once again. We do appreciate you taking the time to listen to us too. Um, Gregor has been brilliant this week. I think he's done a good job of running the show. I think he should do it again sometime. What do you think? He's shaking his head. Okay, yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Anything you say, boss. So uh, please do get in touch. Like I say, we, we, we want to know who you are. We've We've got listeners. We keep getting downloads from various places around the world just drop us a line and just say hey i'm so and so from such and such a place and tell us what you like what you don't like and we are open to suggestions okay constructive criticism is always good we always want to improve and do better and bring you the content that you want to you want to listen to as well and like i say you're more than welcome as gregor said earlier on in the show if you want to join us 
let us know and we'll arrange and get you on board with that as well. So yeah, yeah. If you if you download the show, if you listen to the show, put something in the comments. If you want to come on, get in touch with us. If you want us to talk about something, tell us. If you want to ask us something, ask us. Uh, that's what we're here for. It's exactly, exactly. Because at the end of the day, we're we're not doing this for us. We're doing this for Ian. Ian, Ian, and at this moment in time, unknown Texas listener. Yes, the unknown podcast. And, uh, uh, and I, sorry, not unknown, unidentified Texas listener. A UTO, a UTL. And you, unidentified, unidentified Texas listener. Yeah, we've got a UTL. Well, unidentified Texas listener. Yeah. Yes. So please. Um, don't worry. I mean, like I say, if you don't want to be mentioned on the show, that's perfectly fine. Just let us know. Um, but if you want the shout out, we'll give you a shout out as well. So that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you for listening and uh, tune in next time for another episode of Spot of the Week. I've been John, aka the Alba Androids. You can find me on Twitter at Alba Android. And he has been. I've been Gregor, also known as. Crabbit Ginger on Twitter. And I had a rant about Wellerspoons pubs, Wellerspoons pubs this week on Twitter. Oh, check that out, guys. Check that out. Uh, also, as well, if you want to say thank you or if you just want to be that great guy that you meet in the bar, you can also go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash Spock the Week pod and you can buy us a pint um, to say thank you. You can also subscribe. Uh, follow us and we will put updates on the buy me a coffee page and also on our twitter page as well which is at spock week at spock week just spock week not the leave the the just at spock week all one word spock week yes can you tell the japanese beer are starting to Oh, Jesus. I've, I've, we've, we've been there all. Stop it. Stop it. Okay. Sayonara. Live long. Live long and prosper. Oh, Jesus. Live long and prosper. Live long and prosper. Next week for more Spock the Week action and never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast on the catcher that you are listening to us on. If you want to follow us on Twitter, then you can find us at Spock the Week. Drop us a message, tell us how we're doing, or make a suggestion. We're welcome to all input from all our fans. So don't hesitate to get in touch and follow us on Twitter and on our Facebook page as well. Why not join us in 10 Forward if you like what we do and want to say thank you? The link for our Buy Me A Coffee page is in the show notes, so please check that out. And uh, hopefully we'll see you there. If not, we will see you next week. Live long and prosper. It's up to you. As long as you come back next week and listen to us once again, we'll be happy to have you back. Live long and prosper.